Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. C-O-L-G-A-T-T, Colgate presents Bill Stern. With a Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man with stories rare. Take his advice and you'll look keen, you'll get a shave that's smooth and clean. You'll be a Colgate brushless man. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern with the 326th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Our guest tonight from Hollywood is the famous orchestra leader, Kay Kaiser. But first, real one. Portrait of a promise. This is the story of a promise. It's also the story of a great athlete. But this is the story of the former fencing champion of Scotland. His name was Paul. And history tells us that Paul was an able swordsman from the time he was 11 years old. By the time Paul was 15, he'd won every important fencing title in Scotland. And during his 16th year, he actually became the fencing champion of Scotland, the youngest on record. But as much as he loved the sport of fencing, Paul loved the sea even more. And when he was 18 years old, he put away his fencing swords and became a professional sailor. In the years that followed, Paul sailed on every ocean. He loved the sea, and in due time, he became the skipper of his own boat. No longer was Paul pointed out as the former fencing champion of Scotland. Now, now he was known as a man who would rather sail a ship than eat. However, where on shore, Paul had always been a mild, easygoing person. Out at sea in command of his own ship, he grew not only to love that boat, but he grew to love the power that he held over his sailors. He gloried in ruling them. And the more power he assumed as captain of his ship, the more he wanted. On his ship, he was a changed man, full of fury and scorn for those under him. He was ruthless. So much so that one day, in a bitter argument with a sailor, Paul drew his sword and stabbed that sailor to death. After that... Paul was branded a murderer and brought back to shore in chains. He was immediately tried for that murder. And at his trial, the evidence showed how much he loved his ship. But it also showed that he was a dangerous sea captain who loved the power his boat gave him. And he abused that power. The judge listened to all the evidence. And then the judge did a strange thing. But the judge took Paul aside and said, I have heard all the evidence presented at your trial. I know you are guilty. But I also know one other thing. You love to sail the sea more than anything else in the world. But at sea, your power as a captain goes to your head. You abuse that power. Now, I'll make an agreement with you. I'll place you on probation, providing you promise me you will never sail the seas again. If you ever set foot on a ship again, I will order you arrested and hanged for this murder. On land with no power over other men, You'll not be a menace to anyone. And so Paul, who loved the sea better than anything in the world, was forced to stay on land, but not for long. For Paul could not resist the call of the open sea. And so he fled from Scotland and took refuge in America. And here in America, this man who had promised he would never go to sea again became the father of the American Navy. His full name was John Paul Jones. Ironical, isn't it? that John Paul Jones, who was once the fencing champion of Scotland and who murdered a man with his sword, should escape death himself by promising never to go to sea again and yet, despite his promise, become the father of the United States Navy. But there's an even more ironical ending to this story. For you see, the man John Paul Jones murdered was a great-great-grandson, a direct descendant of Christopher Columbus, the man who discovered America, the very land in which John Paul Jones took refuge after murdering the great-great-grandson of the man who discovered it. Portrait 
of fate. Real too. He's now a gentleman farmer, but to the sports world, he's a great golf champ. Yeah, Gene Sarazen still ranks as one of the country's topmost golf professionals. And the great Sarazen says Colgate Freshless Shave Cream is tops with him. Here's what this famous golf champ wrote me. Dear Bill, shaving my face used to be like taking divots on a fairway because I have a sensitive skin and tough whiskers. I'll never forget my first shave with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. It softened my whiskers, let me shave close and clean without snagging. My face came through feeling like a million bucks. Kind regards, Gene Saracen. Hear that, men? Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions, leaves this famous golfer skin feeling like a million bucks. I know it'll do the same for you. Because here's one cream made for all you fellas with that tough and tender combination. Tough whiskers planted in a tender skin. Colgate Brushless takes the fire out of wiry whiskers. It doesn't quit halfway, but stays moist and active to the last razor stroke. And at the end of a fast, smooth performance, you rinse it off your face and your razor in a flash. Yes, sir. I can promise you champion performance with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. If you don't get it, send the top of the carton to me. Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City Zone 2, New Jersey. And you'll get double your money back. Fair enough? Then get a jumbo jar. That's the big nine-ounce economy size of Colgate Brushless Shave Cream tonight. Real three. Colgate camera close-up of Kay Kaiser. Everyone knows Kay Kaiser, the famous orchestra leader. Millions of Americans hear Kay Kaiser's College of Musical Knowledge, sponsored by Colgate every Wednesday night over this network. But do you know that without ever playing football himself, Kay Kaiser once coached an undefeated football team? I'd like him to tell you how he did it. So here we go, switching across the country from where I'm standing in New York. The next voice you hear will be Kay Kaiser speaking from Hollywood, California. Thank you, Bill, and evening, folks. Hiya. It was back in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, I once coached a football team. I couldn't make the high school team myself, so I organized a junior team of my own called the Rocky Mountain Tigers. And even though I'd never played the game, I'd go watch the big college teams like Carolina and Duke and Pennsylvania and the other visiting 11s, and I'd memorize their best plays, take them home and work them out with my Tigers. Well, we did all right until just before our biggest game, they put my star fullback in jail. By mistake, of course, but I couldn't get him out in time, and so we lost our only game in two years. But, Bill, that story reminds me of something that's very dear to my heart. Years ago, when a schoolmate of mine and his college orchestra left the university, he coaxed me to start my own orchestra. I said, oh, shucks, I don't know anything about playing in an orchestra, and he said, you didn't know anything about playing football but you coached a championship team. Well, that did it. I took his advice and started my orchestra. He was a great orchestra leader, that fella. A fine person. One of the best friends I ever had. I'm sure he'll never be forgotten. His name was Hal Kemp. This is Kay Kaiser in Hollywood returning you to Bill Stern in New York. Thank you very, very much. Good luck and good night, Kay Kaiser. Real four. Profile of a champion. Just a few minutes ago, we told you one story about a fencing champion. That was the story of John Paul Jones. Now let me tell you another story of another fencing champion. The story of Alfred Stein. Alfred Stein lives in France. And in France, just before the last World War, Alfred Stein was victorious in one fencing match after another until in 1938... Alfred Stein was the provincial fencing champion of France. And then came the war. With the war, Alfred Stein promptly enlisted. He enlisted and he fought with the French army. That is, he fought until, until France was beaten. 
But even after France was beaten, Alfred Stein determined to fight on against the Nazis, and so he joined the French underground. As a member of the French underground, it became Alfred Stein's job to get messages back to the Allies as to how many Allied airmen had been saved each week and how many were on their way back to England. But how could this be done? It was then that Alfred Stein devised a way to do this. His plan was simple. Because he was the former fencing champion of France, he could go to the newspapers and give them fencing scores. Only these fencing scores would be fakes. The supposed scores of fencing matches between various city teams. Such a score would read Paris 8, Brussels 6. Now to the Germans, this would only mean that the fencing team from Paris had scored 8 points to the team from Brussels 6 points. But to the Allies, these would mean Paris had 8 Allied flyers, Brussels had 6. And the plan worked. And thanks to these phony fencing scores of Alfred Stein, published in the papers, the Allies always knew just how many Allied airmen had been saved and where they were. Only one thing bothered Alfred Stein. He knew that sooner or later he'd be caught by the German Gestapo. And when that happened, he wanted to be able to get one last message back to the Allies, telling them that he was finished. The message would have to be brief. It would read, C'est fini, meaning in French, it is finished. And he told the Allies that if they ever got that message, C'est fini, they'd know that he'd been caught, that he was finished. In 1943, Alfred Stein was caught by the German Gestapo, and he knew that any moment they'd arrest him and send him to a concentration camp. But he remembered his promise that somehow, some way, he'd get a final message back to the Allies so they'd know that he was finished. And then he remembered the message that he'd agreed to send. Say fini, meaning it is finished. He knew he must leave it some way so that it wouldn't cause suspicion. Then he had an idea. If he pretended he was writing a song... The Gestapo would never bother with a sheet of music, and so Alfred Stein sat down and put some musical notes on a piece of paper. He made no attempt to put words to his song. All he wrote in big, bold letters across the top of the song were the words, Say Fini. He was still writing the music. When the Germans burst into the room, they arrested him. But they left his song because there was nothing in that song to arouse suspicion. But after the Germans had left, Alfred Stein's friends in the underground found that song in his room. And when they saw those words, Say Fanny, written across the top of that song, they realized this was the message he was finished. And those were the words that this former fencing champion had agreed to leave behind if he were arrested. But the strangest part of this story is what happened to that song. Although that song was only written to get a message to the French underground, some members of that French underground liked the song and they sent it to England where it became popular. It swept England. It spread to America. Now it's no longer known under its original title of Symphony. You know it now as Symphony. Symphony. Symphony of love. When you're near to me, you are my symphony. My symphony. of America's most popular song that might never have been found but for the French underground. Real Five, Charles S. McCarthy. Why does a man like to kiss a baby? Well, that's an easy one. But when does a baby like to kiss a man? Why, it's when he has shaved with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, a shave cream of champions. Colgate Brushless makes for smooth, fast, comfortable shaves. And listen, men, 
you get a no-snag, no-pull performance from Colgate Brushless with no after-irritation. And what's more, there's no goo or grease to gum up your razor, so it rinses off your face and blade lickety-split. Treat yourself to the utmost in shaving satisfaction. Get a jumbo jar of Colgate Brushless Shave Cream tonight, and you'll be a shaving champion tomorrow. And now, back to Bill Stern. Bill Six, Colgate's candid camera catches the story behind the story. Just a minute, Bill. For tonight's story behind the story, may I present Bill Slater, president of the Sports Broadcasters Association. Mr. Slater. Thanks, Charles. The executives of Radio Daily, radio's popular publication, have conducted their annual poll of radio editors. And they've asked me to tell you, Bill Stern, that you have again been voted America's favorite sports announcer. As president of the Sports Broadcasters Association, and on behalf of Radio Daily and the radio editors from coast to coast, heartiest congratulations, Bill. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. And through you, may I express my appreciation to Radio Daily, to all the newspaper, magazine, and radio editors from coast to coast. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the 3 mark for tonight. Next Friday night, same time, same station, we'll be back with another edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Our guest next Friday evening will be another great star from Hollywood, Miss Constance Bennett. So be sure and be with us next Friday night at our usual time when we present as our guest the lovely screen star Constance Bennett. See you then. And until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day Newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now, until this very same time next Friday night, this is Bill Stern for Colgate Shave Cream wishing you all a good, good night. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapery Man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapery Man, had lots to say. He told you tales of sports heroes, the inside dope, he really knows. So listen in next Friday night. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. Ladies, there is still a colossal shortage of industrial fats. And one result is a shortage of soap in your stores. That's why Secretary of Agriculture Anderson asks you to keep on salvaging all the used cooking fats you can. Your butcher still pays four cents a pound for used waste cooking fats. So fill a tin and turn it in. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.